Hey everyone, Chad here, and welcome to another edition of the Light Your Fire podcast, where it is my mission to light the human spirit on fire. Boom! Let's go. Story time. So I uh, I usually give you guys a theme, and then I dig into it a little bit, give you a little bit of my personal experiences, life lessons, insights gained along the way, and um, yeah, today I thought I'd just throw out a story and give you guys some interesting content. Hopefully, it's interesting to you. And we'll see if there's any gems to be found along along the storytelling path here. So, 50 Mile Ultra. Oh, let's set it up. So, uh, uh, 2021 was the year I did it. August 2021. If we rewind a little bit, I think going back into July, June. So, I was signed up originally for what's called the A100. It's it's a 25, 50, 75, or 100 mile walk through the Allegheny National Forest, or I shouldn't say walk, it's a hike. You have 50 hours and you pick your distance. You can do 25 miles, 50 miles, 75 miles, or 100 miles. And I said, I'm gonna sign up, I'm gonna do the 100 miler. And uh, so 100 miles and 50 hours, my best friend signs up with me. He has not, I mean, he is a tough guy. Jason Pompa, brute of a guy, best contract worker I've ever met. He can build buildings, he, he can do it all. But he is—he has never trained a day in his life for a 5K, let alone a 100-mile hike. And I should also comment that the hike was unsupported, meaning you have to take everything. So it's um it's hard to actually give the full context of this. And if I did, we'd be here forever. But I'll just say this: we went into this hike as unprepared as you can possibly be. For a hike of that distance, one, and two, anything unsupported, meaning that we had to take our own food and water. We actually took a filtration um, straw of some sort. So we were using that in the in the creek to try to drink water, to like siphon water out of the creek. And uh, it was just so terrible. We took these these bars called the impossible bars that were basically meal replacements. But after you get so far into something like this, those things are not very editable, (laughs) edible, editable, edible. And it was, it was just a really, really difficult (laughs) and tragic experience. I actually got sick going into it. There was a number of different things happening. I'm not going to go into all of them, but it was bad. I, I was, I had, Already had a lot of physical pain, so my back was in a ton of pain. I took medication, and I I got really really sick the night before. So I woke up like two or three in the morning with like cold sweats, and I actually thought that I had COVID. I didn't have COVID, but I was really sick. So right before the race, I actually chugged a glass of wine. Not race, sorry. Right before the hike, I chugged a glass of wine. Hoping that that would help, like numb the pain, but that with the pain medication I was taking from my back made it so bad that by mile like six or seven, I was hallucinating, very dehydrated. We had I drank all through the water that we had brought, so now I'm trying to drink out of like creek water <laughs> every chance I I got. Instead of buying filtration bottles where you could just refill in in the creek. We had filtration straws, so you had to stay at the at the creek. We didn't have anything to carry the water in, so it was horrible. You couldn't have been more un, underprepared for something like that. I think I ended up making it like 44 miles 
I'll probably do a more of a deep dive on this at some point because I broke down. I, I was actually crying. And I I just I, I stopped because I thought that they were gonna have to come into the woods and, and carry me out in, in like a helicopter or it was just gonna be a bad situation. To make it a short story for you, I got to Mal 37, which was the only part on the whole hike that they actually had water or some drinks for you. So I got there. I was talking to the guy. He said, I'll, you know, you're free to keep going, but you look like you're in pretty bad shape. And you're about to go into about an eight or nine mile stretch of woods before you get to anyone again. So before I would get to right around the 50 mile mark and, and at your pace, you know, you're looking at, oh, sorry, it was, it was like nine or 10 miles, but at my pace, it was going to be eight or nine hours. So I was almost doing like one mile per hour. That's how slow I was going at that point. So I still had, we'll call it 10, 10, 10 plus miles to go before I was going to see anyone. And it, it was going to take me a long time and I was going into nighttime. So I went a couple more miles. I ended up putting up my, my canopy. I tried to take a little bit of a break. I woke up a couple hours later. I felt really sick, worse than I when I had actually even went laid down. I was hoping I'd wake up and feel a little bit better. So I went another, you know, it felt like five miles, but it was probably a hundred feet. And I got to a point where I said to myself, if I get to any kind of like dirt road or anywhere where there's a, even a remote crossing and I have cell phone signal, I'm going to call for a way out because they're going to have to come in and get me. Like it's going to be a, a rescue um, at some point. This is not good. And so like my mind was determined to keep going, but my body uh, eventually just broke down. There was there was no way. And it was it was actually a very, very dangerous. It was going to be a very dangerous scenario. And I didn't want to put other people at risk by having to come get me or, you know, freaking people out because they didn't know where I was at and I was lost in the woods. I, you know, I was literally like, uh, I felt like I was hallucinating at one point. It wasn't that bad, but it was bad. And so anyway, horrible experience. I come back from that. I got a lot of things going on that are not, you know, uh, great life events. And I just was in a really bad place. And some time went by and I, I was talking to my friend Shauna at the time. She's my girlfriend now. And she was she was giving me some, you know, like a little bit of, of like some – just pep talk, some some kind words, right? And and I I I just mentioned it to her that I was gonna possibly sign up for this fifty mile ultra run, and she said, "Well, you know that'd be cool. Like, yeah, why don't you do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think if I just like if I could just see how far I could go. Like, I just want to get out there and I just want to go as far as I can possibly go." And she's like, no, 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 like if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it. Like you gotta, if you're gonna sign up, you gotta do 50 miles. So some time went by. I, I started doing some training, and um, that was, you know, right around the time that her and I started, you know, becoming a little bit more than friends and, and dating. And and so like, I at the end of August, this race comes up. And she's going to go with me. So we, we drive. It's like two or three hours away. And, and it, we get to this barn. And there's there's nothing around. They tell you that coming into it. There's there's nothing anywhere. You're, you're going to do a 50-mile race through the, through the woods. And there's, there's no real lodging. You know, 
So we kind of expected this, but we pull in and there's this barn and there's some people there, but there's like these tents that are set up in the field. So we go in and we get something to eat. They have this home cooking for you and everyone's really, really nice. You know, I'm talking to someone right off the bat for registration and then we go get some food and then I'm talking to someone else and, you know, they're kind of like, well, how, how many ultras have you done before? Ultra in my mind is anything over 26.2 miles and so I haven't done any any ultras. Um, I, I've ran further than that in training. I ran a 30-mile training run, but I never ran a race over 26.2 miles. So I, I say, non, you know, this is my first. Then you, you start getting these looks like, are you out of your mind? Like, do you even know what you've signed up for? And so the night kind of goes on. We set up the tent. And here I am in the tent, Sean and I, and I'm, I'm, I got like these, this plan, right? Like I'm looking at the, the aid stations and I'm trying to figure out like what, what the plan is for this thing. Like I need, I need to like map out the elevation. I need to know what I'm going to be doing hill climbs. I need to be knowing when I'm going downhills and, and a funny, well, I think it's funny on the 30 mile training run that I did. When I was around mile 20 or, yeah, I think I was around mile 20, I was listening to a podcast with Courtney Dulwater, and she was on the Rich Roll podcast, and she's one of the best ultra runners in the world, like plus 200-mile ultra runner. She runs these backyard races where you run every you run four miles on the hour every hour until there's no one left in the race. So every hour you have to run four miles. And if you get done, say you get done in 40 minutes, right? You're running 10-minute miles. You have a 20-minute break until you start again. And and so you go until there's no one else. And we're talking like 160 to 200 to 250 miles people will run until there's no one left. And it's fascinating. She's on the Rich Roll podcast. She's on a lot of podcasts, but she's got some good documentaries out there. If you just search her name, Courtney Dulwater, you, you'll be fascinated. This girl is like unreal. Well, Rich Roll is a vegan. He's a very clean eater. He talks a lot about the power in food and the power in being a vegan. And he knows that she has some very unorthodox nutrition fueling plans, we'll call them. So he asked her about it, like, what, what's your, what's your game? What's your go-to? And she, she starts telling him that at some point she talks about that her number one go-to is um, pierogies. And when she said that, I was on mile like 20 and I'm thinking I would do anything for a pierogi right now. It just sounded so good. Like the carbs just sounded amazing. And that was good. That was a good test for me that I listened, that I heard that at that point in time because you don't know really how you're going to be feeling towards different foods until you are like there, right? And you're in it. And someone even said this to me about the Ironman because I got so sick drinking the Gatorade Endurance. And they were like, well, didn't you train with Gatorade Endurance? I'm like, yeah, but I never trained for 12 hours straight. You know, that's when I got really sick, probably around 10 to 12 hours. Actually, probably even before that. My whole Ironman was 15 and a half hours. So I never trained that long. I, I was never drinking Gatorade Endurance that long to fuel me. And, you know, I, I always tell people if you just drank Gatorade Endurance for 15 hours straight, Without doing any exercise, you would get sick. Now imagine being in, the, in an Ironman of all things, drinking that. It's there's a good chance that you're going to get sick or screw that up, screw up that fueling. So this this was good for me that I at this point, like in a training run, 
was thinking, my gosh, I would love some pierogies, right? So I'm 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 looking at the aid stations, I'm and I'm trying to figure out where the hills are, but my I have pierogies in my pocket. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally had uh, Sean had made me these bat the whole batch of pierogies, and we put them in these plastic bags, and I was ready to take them on the run. I did take them on the run with me, right? So. I'm just mapping it all out. There's actually a picture. She got me in a tent. I got like um, my paper in front of me and I'm writing. I think a couple people sent me messages at some point that night that like really lit me up. It was nice knowing that people were like cheering me on. And uh, it was pretty nerve wracking. To make it worse, just based on some of the conversations that Shauna and I had with some of the people there, the, it it was it, it seemed like there was going to be no way for Shauna to be able to get to any of the aid stations because it was like it's all through the woods, so it it was just going to be very difficult for her to find out where all of these things are. Right. The other piece to this that I really want to talk about is the, uh, my friend Danny. He um I met him a while back through a connection somewhere. He does professional videography. So he's a very good cinematographer. He does really good editing of videos. I, and he came in early on to do a very popular video that we shot at Sweat Bar when we were shut down for COVID. He, it, we, we had this kind of um, mantra where I, at the beginning of the video, I say, you can make us shut our doors, but our members will never shut down, right? This very dramatic scene. And then it cuts to us all working out in the parking lot in the middle of winter. Like there's snow on the ground everywhere, but we have all the, we have rowers out there. We have air bikes out there. We have BOSU balls. We have slam balls. We have tires with me spells. And we have like all, I don't even know, 20, 30 some people in the parking lot. Snow's all been shoveled. I shoveled all the snow off to the sides. Jared helped me set it all up. And we we have this workout in winter out in the snow because they made us shut our doors. And it that video went, it has like 20 some thousand views in just like a month or two. And because so many people were rooting for us, they're like, yeah, heck yeah, you guys had to shut down, but you're not stopping. I love it. So um, Danny shot that video, and we ended up becoming friends. He shot a lot of videos for us since then. But uh, he's he one of the things that him and I connect on is that he's a he's also an ultra runner, but he's a very he's much faster than I am. So his fifty mile ultra he did in like eight eight hours and something, and I think I did mine in thirteen and a half or yeah around thirteen and a half. Um, but he's 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 a much better runner than I am. But when he found out that I was doing this fifty mile ultra, he sent me a message and he said, "Are you allowed to have pacers?" And I said, I don't know. I'll check. So I went and checked and I found out that you were allowed to have pacers at mile 30. So when I got the mile 30, you're, you were allowed to have someone support you. They're, they're not allowed to carry water or anything like that. They're basically just mental support. So they're there with you. You're allowed to talk and they, they, they're there just to keep you going. So I told him I'm allowed to have pacers at mile 30. So I'll see you at mile 30. And I'm like, is this guy serious? And it turns out he he signed up to be a volunteer that day because he wanted to give back. He's one of those kind of guys. So he signs up to be a volunteer. He shows up there. I, I didn't even see him before mile 30. Like he was just there at the race, talked to them, became a volunteer, and uh, was planning on meeting me at mile 30. But he was on one of the aid stations working before mile 30. So I knew that I was going to see him before mile 30, and then I'd see him again when he could actually start running with me. And I think um, mile 30 was actually in the woods somewhere. 
I think the actual point of contact was around mile 32. So anyway, I have him coming to the race as well, right? But I'm not. I'm thinking Sean is not going to be able to see me anywhere. So we wake up so early. I mean, it's like four in the morning. I think we had to get up, and I have to go to the bathroom. Like I, that's like a morning ritual, and I won't go into the details. But it's like you gotta you gotta get ready for the race. This is a 50 mile run, and I'm in the middle of no. I'm on a farm. I can't even see. I forgot my headlights. Like I have a, a lamp that I put on my head so I could see. So I forgot that. So I'm like, we're just wandering around outside of our tent and I'm trying to go to the bathroom. And this is all a nightmare, right? COVID's still a thing. So like we, we have to get on the buses and we have to get shuttled to the start line. So I'm just in a nerve wrack state. And I'm thinking, this is terrible. I hope they have bathrooms at the start line. We get to the start line and there's bathrooms, but there's lines like backed up. And I'm like, oh, man, this is terrible because I'm going to hold up the line if I ever even get up there. And it was all really nerve-wracking. But Shauna shows up at the start line. She, she figured it out. She got to the start line. So I'm like, all right, this is awesome. And we start uh, – I, I get to go to the bathroom, so I'll just get that out of the way. And um, we, we the, we're about to start the race. I still remember the sun's kind of coming up. And the whistle blows. And I remember right off the bat passing the guy – that one of the guys that gave me a really crazy look when he found out that this was like my first ultra run, right? Um, and and I'm like, oh man, like am I going too fast? Like the fact that I just passed him up is probably not a good sign. And so I'm a little worried about my speed. It's like how do you don't even know how to pace, right? Like everyone's going different paces. The really fast runners are so they're gone within a mile. You can't even see them anymore. So I just wanted to stick in the pack. Somewhere in a pack where like I at least like knew I was going the right way. That was the other piece of the puzzle. You didn't really know how well the trail was marked. And they 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 kind of made you concerned about this. They said like if you don't see markings, you know, if you go a hundred yards without seeing a marking, make sure that you stop, you can go back. And I'm thinking, like, how is this trail not marked? It turned out to be really well marked. They much better than they made it seem. But I was really worried about getting lost going into this because I, I, I talked about it before. I got lost on a previous trail run. It was only 10.4 miles, but I went two miles off course, and that was terrible. So I did not want to do that in a 50-mile race. So the, the, the morning starts, and I'm trying to stick with the pack. I got my music on. I'm going slow-ish and taking my time, and then I, we start climbing some hills. So I go to my pierogies. That became my thing. Every hill that we were going up, I was going to walk the hill and eat the pierogies. So I'm eating my pierogies and it's working. Like they, they're fueling me. They make me feel really, really good. And honestly, like if I were to do an Ironman again, I'm taking pierogies. I, I, there's just, I, it's a must. I, I need my pierogies on the big events. I did it the week after the 50 miler. We had, we did seven springs mud on the mountain to ski resort. I ate pierogies on the way up there. And I ran that thing like it was nobody's business. It was it was one of the best runs I felt, and it was a week after I just ran 50 miles. So pierogies work for me. Anyway, get to the first aid station. Guess who's there? Shauna. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you figured out how to get here. So happy to see her. One of the things I did in my mind to make this race doable was break it down into small segments. I broke it down into eight segments. I just needed to run to the next aid station. That was my goal. And I and, and honestly, the way that I kind of look at these things is what else am I going to be doing? Am I going to be – if I'm not here, 
what am I doing? I'm just stressing about life. I'm stressing about work. Or I know that's not what I do all day long, but I'm like, so what else are you going to be doing? You're going to be at home working. You want to be at home laying in bed watching TV. You want to be eating donuts. You want to be, you know, at a social event that's awkward. Like, like there's a, a whole bunch of other places that would be worse to be than here. Like all you have to do is keep moving your feet. Just keep moving forward. Enjoy it. Enjoy the enjoy the scenery. Enjoy the the quietness. Enjoy the remoteness. Enjoy the the spirituality of being spirituality of being with yourself and being with nature and being with powers beyond your control. Like I I know all that sounds weird, but it's it when you're in it, you feel it. You really feel it. And I'm like, just enjoy this. Like all you have to do is keep going. And and if it takes. 14 hours, it takes 14 hours. Who cares? It takes 15, it takes 15. I think there was a cutoff of like 14 or 15 hours. But whatever it, that cutoff was, I'm like, go go to that. Like, just keep moving forward. That's all you have to do. So that was my mindset. But when I saw Sean, it lit me up. Because now my plan of uh, these, these eight pieces, I'm like, oh, if I can actually get to see her at the next thing, that's going to be really what keeps me going. And Shauna is the most amazing per like when you when you see her in one of these events i i need a t-shirt for her that says everyone's crew she's supporting everyone she's cheering for everyone she's becoming friends with every single person there and and so like that became a thing right i get to one of the aid stations and she's there with this guy and this guy's got his own runner in the race but they just helped him he's a little bit ahead of me and so now this guy's like, all right, man, this is my name. And he tells me his name. I couldn't remember. But he's like, sit down. I'm going to take your shoes off. I'm going to rub your feet. I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? You're, you're going to what? I'm like, I'm like, Sean, who's this guy? You know? And uh, he was just there to help. That's the thing. Like, that's the that's the reason that I love these events. Shauna loves these events because you see all these people coming together to help each other. Right? It's like, all right, we got a warrior in the arena. We got, we got a guy in the ring. We got, we got to help them. Just whatever we can do to help them. And that was that was one of the things that like on the next aid, I couldn't wait to get to the next aid station. It was so much fun. I'm only, I mean, if you think about it, it's like five or six miles in between each aid station. So it's not that bad, right? I'm just doing six miles and I'm doing six miles. And then as time goes on, I keep coming up with new newer strategies, right? Like just to keep it fun, keep it interesting. But there was, you know, this one piece of the 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 race that I couldn't wait to get to because it was the most technical section, which meant that the trail was really narrow. There's a lot of rocks. There was a cliffs, and and I'm thinking like this is that's the part they warned us about. This is six or seven miles, very technical terrain. This is this is gonna be fun because when I get there, I've just gotten through like 23 miles. And once I do the seven of technical, I'm almost to Danny, right? So this is how I'm breaking down the race and I'm, I'm starting to have fun. So I get to the technical part and I'm passing people and they're having a very hard time. One person actually asked me like, do you know how much further this is? Like, this is horrible. And I'm having a blast. I'm jumping rock to rock. I'm moving all around. I'm, I'm pretty quick in the the technical pieces of the race. I'm just not a very fast runner in general, but when it, when there's things that usually slow people down, I go a little bit faster through those things. So someone had asked me that and I'm thinking like, wow, geez, like we're only like two miles into this and they said it's about seven miles. So, you know, we, we have some time left to go. And when I came out, it's so funny. I still have like pictures from this and everything, but um, Sean is there and they're all like, how was it? How was it? And I'm like, that was 
awesome. Like that was so much fun. And she starts cracking up. She's laughing. She's like, I told you guys he was going to say that because she knew that like I was going to have so much fun in that section. And it turns out like that there was like people that broke down after that. I think there was one guy literally came out and just laid on the ground and he was tapped out. He quit um, right after that section. But for some reason, that was the really fun part for me. And and, you know, another piece of this whole thing is that um, it's it's it was through a lot of farmlands, just very, very, very remote place. There was no housing and developments and businesses. There was no steel mills or pollution or just this very scenic place and a very beautiful time of the year. A lot of Amish country, right? Uh, Going through the Amish neighborhoods and you see the buggies, people on the buggies and the horses. It was beautiful. And my dad loves that life. He loves that way of life. Growing up as a kid, all he ever wanted to do was go down an old road and see where it went and and see a horse and see a cow. He loves cows. We used to drive by farms, go into baseball practice as a kid, and you hear that cow? He'd make that cow noise every time. He loves that. And it's so ironic because today I actually picked him up and I've been wanting to go on like a scenic ride with him. He's in bed a lot. He's bedridden, and I, I just said, let's go get something to eat, and we we went down a few roads that just were so scenic, so beautiful, and I brought that up to him that I just I love, you know, that being able to do that with him, and how it reminds me of being a kid, and you know that the, even the 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 Ironman, the fifty mile race, how it reminded me of like growing up and how much he loves just the farm and the country, and he, you know, he's like in the car today is like it's exciting, isn't it? It's so exciting. And to him, it is so exciting, and it makes it exciting for me, but he just loves – he loves the farm animals. He loves the cows. So being out there was just really a beautiful moment for me, that whole 50 miles, being in all those areas. You know, my mom too, you know, she's she's the same. She, she loves, you know, the peace and the country. So I, I think about my mom. I think about my dad. I think about my childhood. And, and that's that's kind of like what's happening during this whole event. You're just in this beautiful place. So – I I was having a lot of fun up until about mile – well, actually, let me rewind a little bit because when I got to Danny, I'm feeling pretty good. And now I get to go with Danny, and this is awesome. And what a guy. I mean, he shows up mile 32. I saw him a little bit before because he was at one of the aid stations. So I got to talk to him. You know, he was having some fun. And then I, I meet him at mile 32, and uh, I, I don't know what they had at this aid station, but it was I think it was like watermelon and grilled cheeses. I think I was out of my pierogies at this point. So I just start eating a lot of food, and that was not a good idea. But anyway, him and I take off, and I didn't realize this, but but it's actually hard to like talk when you're in something like this for me, right? Sometimes it's really hard to even listen to music. You're just like you're you're becoming so beaten that it it's just it's hard to do things that you wouldn't think are hard. And to add on to the layers of kindness from Danny, it starts hailing down rain. To me, it that wasn't bad. Like I it was it actually made it kind of interesting and I was already like kind of hot and overheated, so the, it was cooling me down, but it is hailing. Like you can barely see. That's how hard it's raining. So this poor guy shows up and and by the way, if him and I were just to run together and I was running fresh on fresh legs, just starting out, I would be really slow to him. 
So you can only imagine how slow I'm going for in his mind after I had just ran 32 miles. I am going so slow. I'm at like turtle speed for him. So not only is he, you know, out there in the pouring down rain, he's going probably the slowest he's ever ran ever. And he's trying to keep me moving and motivated and talking to me. But I'm like these functions are not really working well for me. I'm, I'm having a hard time even talking. And so we get to like a mile 40 and I think it was 40. And I, I, I couldn't really do much of anything. I remember him asking me like, do you want to try to run? I'm like, no, like just keep walking, just keep walking. And then we finally got to like mile 40. I think it was 44. That was the last aid station. And no, sorry, it was mile uh, 47 was the last aid station. So miles 42 to 47 were the worst miles I had. That's when Danny was like, "Can you want to pick it up? Do you want to walk? And I'm like, no. So for five miles there, I'm just, or sorry, do you want to run? And I said, no, I want to walk. So for five miles there, I was going really slow. And we get to the aid station around mile 47. And Sean is like, Chad, you have to pick it up. You're not going to make it. And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, Danny and I just figured it out. You know, we we calculated if I just keep going this pace, I'll make it in time before the cutoff. She's like, no, come on. Like, you want to do this. You really want – like, you're there, 47. You got three miles. Like, you got to finish this thing. So I remember going over, like, grabbing a bag of chips, and I took my hydro bag off. So I had a hydro bag on to carry water in so I could have water the whole time. I took it off. I gave it to her. I said, take my hydro bag which I don't know if that was legal, but whatever. If it's not legal, she could have just left it on the ground and I would have lost a hydro bag, but whatever. So I gave that to her and I said, all right, let's do this. And I, I put in my earphones and I put on my music. I had like um, a playlist that, that there was one song from Disturbed. I just had it on repeat. And I said, Danny, like we're, we're going to go. And, um, and I told him that my music was on. It was turned up loud. I couldn't really talk, but I said, we're going to go. So I start going. And we start running these three miles and he's looking at me like, you know, like slow it down a little bit, slow it down. You're going really fast. And I'm just like, we got to go. Let's, let's do this. And I, I started passing people. And I remember David Goggins, if you don't know who David Goggins is, look him up, but he's like this amazing guy on mental strength. And he talks about this thing about, um, just capturing souls or something like that. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but uh, he like he would just look for like these people where he could just capture their souls. I don't know. The, this thing popped into my head while like I'm passing these people, and it, it, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm always out for everyone. I'm I'm so far in the back of this pack. The the first place finishers finished four, five, six hours ahead of me. It's not about that. It was just that I was able to boost this level of like energy and I'm seeing people that are suffering, like they are struggling and they're going to get to the finish line. I'm not rooting against them. I it, Believe me, if someone was there and they really need help, I would stop and I help. But seeing people that I was passing, because these people would all pass me at some point. So I'm now passing them and I'm feeling good and I'm just like man, this is awesome. And at some point, I think I talked about this, my leg started to really give me problems. And it was kind of like that. Are you injured or are you hurt? Right? If you're injured, you know, you're going to do some damage and it might be irreversible and blah, 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 blah. If you're hurt, you just push through it. It's fine. You'll be 
fine tomorrow. Stop worrying about it. Just keep going. So I, I keep going and I'm, I'm moving pretty fast. It felt when, when you're in something like this and you know, I was probably running a 12 or 13 minute mile compared to like at, and I just ran the half marathon in Pittsburgh at like an eight, 15, eight minutes and 15 seconds per mile pace. So I was going much slower than I would normally run, but at that point in the race, I felt like I was flying, especially when you're passing so many people that are just struggling, right? So I'm (laughs) passing all these people. I think I had to pass like 30 people. And I remember I was coming up and I'm thinking like, I gotta be getting close. I'm looking at my watch. Well, the one thing I really wanted was my watch to register 50 miles. And I was getting so close. I was at like 49.2 miles, but my battery was almost dead. So I'm like, no. And I'm thinking, I got to get a picture of this. So the second it hits 50 miles, I'm taking a picture. And it. I kept taking pictures, I think, before that. But uh, I finally hit like 50 miles right before the finish line. I got, I got a picture of it. And as we were coming around the bend, there was this one girl and her pacer that had passed me. And it frustrated me because they were just doing so good. It was like, how are they doing this good? And how did they get so far ahead of me? And I finally caught them. And I thought that she was going to take off and give me a run to the finish line, but they didn't. They kind of backed off. They let us go ahead. And Danny looked at me like when we passed them and he's like, man, like gave me that look like you're home free. But it was so cool because we were on top of the hill so we could see the finish line down in the bottom stretch. And I, you could see the path you had to run all the way around. Well, the funny thing is Shauna de- doesn't realize I'm going this fast. So she's super good at calibrating my pace and what time I'm going to be there based on what my time is. So she's back at the ranch, like packing up the tent (laughs) and getting it packed away. Luckily, she hears them screaming that some people are coming to the finish line. She realizes it's me. She gets up to the finish line in time and we come around the bend and Danny and I, I felt like I was on a sprint. Like I was sprinting for my life. And when I watched the video, it's so funny because I wasn't going that fast at all. But I felt like I was sprinting for my life to that 50-mile finish line, and I cross it. I can't believe it. I, you know, Danny gives me this high five. We have it all on video. Shauna was there videotaping it. And I just kind of sit off in the grass to the side, and I got the medal. And I'm, I'm just thinking, like, this is unbelievable. This whole experience is unbelievable. You know, like, and, and this is – for a lot of people, this is a 5K, right? I saw we just we did a fundraiser, and a lot of my friends' family came out to support it. My sister never ran a 5K, came out for that with her husband Kevin. Kevin could run a five; he does run 5Ks, like in just going to the gym, but he's never done a race. My buddy Jason Pompa that I talked about in the A100 came out did his first 5K. I had a couple members from the gym signed up, did their first 5K. And same thing, like I ran in that race as well. And when I got to the finish line, I was sitting there waiting for them because I couldn't wait to see them cross the finish line because this is this is like that moment, right? It could be people's half marathon. It could be a full marathon. It could be anything. Just to see people go for things that like they never thought that they'd do or they never thought that were possible, that was a moment like never before. And, you know, I'll save all the details, but Shauna really had to like take care of me at that point, get me in the car, get me home, get me into my my place and and really like t- 
take care of me. I was in pretty bad shape for a good day or two there. My body was pretty broken because I, to be honest, I hadn't, I hadn't trained really well for that kind of race. I mean, I was in shape, but not that kind of running shape. So it was pretty rough, but uh, the whole experience was incredible. We have amazing pictures. Uh, the whole thing was kind of documented. Shauna got a lot of good videos. She actually found me along the path many different times um, out in the race. I, I I stopped and took a ton of pictures. You know, I, I remember passing some guys and they were kind of just telling me like, you know, enjoy it. And it, the whole experience was just beautiful. It was amazing. And that's why I really want to share these kind of experiences because I, I, I any any way I can to, you know, motivate and inspire people to get out there to live their life to have these kind of experiences you know even the drive up the drive back it was just all a really incredible uh journey and i just want to share with all you guys so hopefully enjoyed i am this is going to be one of the audios that i don't even edit just beginning to end 36 37 minutes for your listening pleasure (laughs) non-edited and i'm out Later, guys.